But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the books until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what should be the outcome of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked should understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And that is Daniel chapter 12, verses 4, 8, 9, and 10. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and in front of me, like always, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? Good to be with <laughs> you again today. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we had a we had a really good podcast uh, last week with the 95 Thieves. I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what the funny thing is, is that I looked at the numbers, and we had a lot of people from Germany, like, really? listen to it. It was interesting. Kinda, yeah, I went on, I went on and checked, you know, you know, I like, I'm a numbers guy. So I guess I that's it. appropriate though, right? <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was interesting, so... Um, but uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This week, we have a special guest. We're going to be dealing with end times and prophecy in a premillennial perspective. Uh, you guys know that we do bring on different guests and different uh, perspectives in eschatology uh, uh, because we are a bookstore here and we sell books in different perspectives. I know that we have the Left Behind series here in the. <laughs> we do, yeah. Those <laughs> so, are those are a stretch. Those are those are yeah. That's a whole different story right there. But uh, but uh, so today we're gonna have Pastor Tom Hughes uh, from Four Twelve Church out in San Jacinto, California. Um, I, uh, if you, for you guys who have been longtime listeners, um, you know, out of the three here that we have before Julia was holding it and Steve, you know, I, I hold to the premillennial uh, viewpoint and, uh, Julia was post-mill and you were, I would late, say I'm, uh, a, I'm I'm optimistically I'm mill, optimistically I'm mill, but Hey, you know, those are, those are secondary, uh, doctrinal things that we love to, uh, discuss and, right. you know, we, we, we have fun with each other with it. Uh, should not be dividing over them. Exactly. I mean, these guys used to give me, uh, when I would come and pick up my coffee, they would have a uh, post millennium <laughs> on the bottom of my coffee cup. And I didn't even know about it until I looked up one day and I was like, post mill rules, what's going on? And these guys are all just laughing at me, but whatever. Um, again, thank you, everybody. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. Again, uh, last week we were saying if you guys have an opportunity, please uh, give to the building fund. Uh, we, we got an opportunity to look at a location this yeah, uh, weekend. Possibility we're praying about. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're moving closer and closer to that point. Yes, we are. And again, it's only because of you guys uh, uh, that we are we can even make this possible. So thank you very much for supporting the ministry. All right. Well, why don't we get this uh, podcast started? Let's do it. Let's, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's do it. Thomas J. Hughes serves as senior pastor of 412 Church in San Jacinto, California. He has been teaching Bible prophecy for over 25 years. He regularly appears on a variety of TV, radio, and internet programs. A frequent speaker at prophecy conferences, he, he has a unique gift for helping people understand what the Bible calls the last days. He lives in Southern California with his wife, Jackie, and their two children. Welcome, Tom Hughes, to Bridge Radio for the first time. Hey, this is 
Chris. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be on with you. Well, uh, Pastor Tom, I am super excited. Uh, you probably don't remember this, but we met in a prophecy conference in Oklahoma back in 2016. I forget what town was that Norman? I I I believe. Yeah, uh, it, was it was a big probably, place. Probably if if it was if it was Oklahoma, it was probably in Norman. It was probably in Norman. Yeah, so yeah, well, uh, I did speak at a conference there a few a few times. Yeah, so uh, we met there. We're it was uh, me and this other guy, uh, this other guy Eli. We're the only two Spanish dudes that were there, and uh, <laughs> and we got an opportunity to talk to you. You were sitting next to uh, your good buddy Bill Salas, and we got to uh, speak to him as well. Uh, and and we follow him. I follow him, and and yeah, you guys have definitely been a tremendous blessing. Uh, for me and for a lot of people in, 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 in prophecy, for sure. So thank you very much. You bet. So you mentioned you and Eli, the only two Spanish there. Yeah. Well, at the time. Was, yeah. And you, uh, we that's, got, that's funny. Yeah. We got, uh, uh, because it was, it was like mostly like older people and we didn't see a lot of young people, but you know, it was, it was yeah. hilarious. And, uh, we got, uh, we got the end time TV t-shirts that we still have. Uh, I know that I think that you changed everything now to Hope for Our Times, correct? Yeah, we with the name is Hope for Our Times. We still use End Times TV for specific uh, videos that we do. Uh, okay. But the overall ministry, we decided to bring a little bit more hope into everything. <laughs> since, uh, End Times was scaring a lot of people, although it certainly appears we are there. Yeah, right? And the funny thing is, every time I wear that T-shirt, which I still have to this day, uh, everybody's like, "Is that a Netflix uh, show that that's going on there?" It's like, no, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a prophecy uh, place, and then they're just like, "Oh, okay." So, um, uh, Pastor Tom, why don't we begin here? Can you just play, uh, please share a little bit about yourself and how God saved you? Uh, how He saved me? Well, I think it was a difficult task. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, you know, raised Catholic as an altar boy, mm. and um, went to Catholic school. Um, I, I, by the way, I also have a Spanish-Mexican heritage, just so you know. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh, it comes from my mom's side, coming up through Spain and then uh, from Spain and then through Mexico uh, many years ago. And then, um, but I was, uh, so I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school through eighth grade, um, and, you know, did all that. And then I uh, ended up coming to the Lord. Uh, when I was 28 years old, so some 30-some years ago. Uh, what happened was, after high school, I just decided I uh, wanted to party. So mm. I did, and uh, started selling different kinds of drugs that were uh, drugs of the time back in the uh, 70s and 80s. And then um, I had some pretty serious issues, and uh, I finally just cried out to the Lord one night, I was living in a city called Newport Beach that was in California mm. at that time, and I just uh, I was just came through the end of myself after being up for three days and three nights in a row. Um, cried out to the Lord, I got saved, and then I got uh, plugged into Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. Uh, Pastor Chuck Smith was there, and then. Uh, evangelist Greg Laurie would come and speak there, I think once a week at that time. Mm. Uh, but that was the beginning, back in the late 1980s when I first got saved. And uh, But I will tell you this, it was Hal Lindsey's uh, book and documentary, The Late Great Planet Earth, yeah. 
from I think around 1978 or 79, somewhere in there, that first sparked an interest in me. Wow. And uh, I, and I never forgot that. And I would look at events going on in the world and try to figure them out. Of course, I was trying to figure them out without the Bible. Mm. But I got saved, and Bible prophecy had already been planted in me even before I even got saved. Wow. So that's basically it in, the, in a nutshell. Well. Uh, I think that God had definitely a plan for you because we, we like I said, your ministry is a blessing to, to, to so many. So, um, Pastor Tom, uh, why is it essential to teach uh, eschatology and prophecy and end time uh, uh, stuff? Well, I think there's a few different reasons. Um, the most compelling reason is because Jesus told us to. Mm. He said, watch and be ready, mm. watch and pray. So, therefore... I watch because, it's, to me, it's a commandment from the Lord. This is what you should be doing. And the context of where Jesus said, watch and be ready, is it's in the context of the signs or slash events regarding the last days just before he returns. And we have various warnings in the New Testament about paying attention or not paying attention to mm. uh, the time when the Lord w- would return. And I look at it, and there are over 800 signs regarding the second coming of Christ in the Bible, and, you know, God gives us the signs because he wants us to be ready. Mm. So that's, and we're supposed to be watching and be watchers. So therefore, um, I, I'm compelled to do it. I believe it's it's uh, honoring God as being obedient to his commandments. And the other thing it does, you know, Peter tells us in Second Peter, look, you know, if you're hastening the coming of the Lord, what manner of person you ought to be. It, it inspires righteousness and holy conduct, and, and on down the list, it, it inspires evangelism to be mission-minded if it's rightly understood. If you rightly take in uh, the teachings of Bible prophecy, it will inspire you to do the things you're supposed to be doing as a, as a believer in Christ. Yeah, you know, here at the bookstore, we do have a eschatology section, and, uh, you know, we, we, we do carry uh, uh, different books from different authors, uh, from, you know, different eschatolo- eschatological points of view. Uh, obviously, the pre-mill is uh, the popular one here, um, and uh, I know that just uh, a lot of people are asking questions. And, and, and that brings us to the, our next question, Pastor Tom. Oh, with everything going on, why do you believe that we are in the last days? Well, um, I think you just said it, with everything <laughs> going on. So, so, you know, okay, so let's, let's put it into context. Okay. Um, in Matthew chapter 24, also in Mark 13 and in Luke chapter 21, uh, Jesus addresses, it's the, it's his, uh, comments regarding the Olivet Discourse, and it's when his disciples asked him, uh, what is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Mm. And so when they're saying the sign of your coming, they're, they're talking about when are you coming back? And the end of the age is what we would refer to as the, the end of uh, the age of grace that we're living in right now. And so then Jesus said, um, he, he didn't say, well, there isn't anything to look for, just ignore all these just ignore that stuff, you know. Uh, he, he went on to list several different signs. And uh, the first one was deception. Be careful that nobody deceives you. Mm. And then from there he went into various signs. There will be wars and rumors of wars and kingdom against kingdom and nation against nation. And, uh, and then he said an interesting thing. He said, these are all the beginning of sorrows. 
And that phrase, the beginning of sorrows, is a terminology that would be likened to a woman who's going to give birth. So what he's saying is, uh, although these things always must be, um, wars and rumors of wars and kingdom against kingdom and so forth, and earthquakes and famines in various places, these things always must be. However, when you get to the time of my coming, uh, when you'll see me again at the end of the age, these things will increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. They're going to increase in frequency. They're going to increase in intensity. And so when you look now, the term nation versus nation, for example, mm, yeah. the, uh, the Greek word for nation is ethnos. We get our English word ethnic. Mm. So Jesus is simply saying, look, there's going to be people group against people group or race wars that are going to increase exponentially just before my return, just like a woman who is about to give birth. Same thing with wars and rumors of wars. And wow, you you look at that now, not only do you have Russia and Iran and all the threats that are going on over there, Mm. now we look at the United States and China, and these rumors of wars are massive right now. Um, And it, it is literally the destruction of huge countries that are being spoken of at this time. So you look at that and you go, those are just a couple of things. And and then, of course, you put it into the context of Israel being a nation again, because none of these things, whether it be earthquakes or famines or pestilences, by the way, where Jesus says pestilences in uh, Matthew 24, it's plural, not mm. singular. So he's talking about many different pandemics coming upon the planet yeah. um, all at the same time. So. But they all have to be in the context of a time when Israel is a nation again. So Israel is a nation again, because that's the most profound prophecy out of everything, that the Jews would be gathered back to the land again. Mm. So that's taking place. Israel is a nation. All of these things are happening. In fact, all of these things are increasing, like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. Um, And then, um, you know, we're watching this, and Jesus said in Luke 21, in all of the discourse, when you see these things begin to take place, look up for your redemption draws near. Quite frankly, I think we're definitely watching the beginning of them. The fulfillment of these is in the tribulation period, but we are watching uh, the beginning of these things. And it is just, it's truly remarkable the days we live in. Uh, I can't help but think the, you know, the prophets wrote of these things. Daniel, specifically, uh, couldn't understand the prophecies of the last days. He asked the angel for interpretation, and the angel told Daniel, shut up and seal up the words, because they're not for you. These are for the people who are living in that day. Hmm. And, you know, you open up the book now, you go, this makes sense. I can make sense of these things that are happening. Daniel couldn't. So the prophets of old wanted to understand the days that we live in, and, and I look and go, well, here we are. We live in amazing days, and uh, Jesus is coming, and, and, and people better be ready. Yeah, and just to let you know, Pastor Sam, that's, uh, we opened up our podcast with that verse uh, um, here in Daniel chapter 12, verses 4, uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. We're uh, just talking about how uh, uh, many shall run into and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Um, and and I just find that verse amazing, so we did open it open up with that verse and and can you just uh, talk a little bit more about just the uh, old testament books that help us understand the last day um pastor tom um is there uh, well i mean which book do i want to start with 
uh, well, Daniel, so, I know is the, uh, uh, I know that, yeah. uh, I mean, you've gone verse by verse. Uh, I've seen your, your Daniel series and, um, that is just absolutely just remarkable as you start getting towards the second part of Daniel in the book. And this is, I think, my third time teaching through Daniel. By the way, I haven't finished the latest one yet because COVID-19 hit, and I kind of changed some things. So now I'm doing a whole lot of interviews, which are exciting, but I've, I've got three or four more messages in Daniel. I'll finish mm-hmm. it up. So Daniel chapter 12, let's, let me start there, goes on to say, after the passage that you were just talking about, um, the angel tells Daniel, during that day, the wicked will see it, but the wicked will not understand. They'll continue in their wickedness. However, the wise will understand. So the implication there that the angel is telling Daniel is during the le- this particular day, the end days, everybody in the world, whether whether you believe in Christ or don't, everybody's going to know something is wrong. Mm. Something is amiss. This isn't right. However, some will choose to ignore it. Uh, those who don't want to know the Lord, those who, who reject God, they're, they're not going to want to know it. They're not going to want to admit it. So the wicked will continue in their wickedness, meaning they're going to increase in their sinful activities, not decrease in it. They're going to look, they're going to go, something ain't right. However, they're not going to uh, venture uh, too far down that path with their thinking. They'll continue in sin. But the wise, he says, will understand. So the wise are going to look at the events that are taking place and the light's going to go on, and they're going to go, wait a minute, this stuff I've read about, mm. we're in the last days. And I think that's exactly where we are right now. Is this, this, uh, um, there are those who, who, who read the, the, the Bible, look at the eschatology. By the way, speaking of eschatology and, and Bible prophecy, I believe it's a quarter of the Bible, or even more than that, as Jim Markell says, is prophecy regarding the second coming of Christ. So, why would you not want to study that much more of the Bible? You know, people say, I want the whole counsel of God's Word. Well, that means you need to take on Bible prophecy, a.k.a. eschatology also. Mm. But as those who are studying the prophets of the second coming of Christ, the wise, as Daniel says, will understand. They're going to get it. Uh, this also smacks of, of Peter, where Second Peter chapter 3, speaking of the last days, uh, Peter writes, uh, there will be those who are scoffers who are willfully ignorant. Uh, in other words, they're going to know something's wrong, and they're going to know what the truth is, but they're going to choose to ignore the truth. Um, they're willfully ignorant uh, because they, they just don't want to go to venture down that path. So they won't deal with it. They can know the truth, but they'll ignore it. And, and so we have Daniel. Um, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, yeah. I'm sure many of your listeners are really familiar with that. Yep. Uh, so the prophecies there, are, are, to me, are quite profound, because all the nations involved in those prophecies that were written, what, some, uh, gosh, 2,500, 2,600 years ago, I think. Um, so you have the prophecies of, of Russia and Iran and Turkey, then you have Sudan in the south and other territories that are going to come against Israel in the last days. They are going to come against Israel to take goods that Israel has, which now I believe is uh, their energy resources. Um, And so it's just profound when you see Israel making these deals for their gas line, where they're going to start supplying Europe with their gas, which will cut out the opportunity 
that Russia or the stranglehold Russia has had on Europe for decades, supplying Europe with all of their natural gas. This puts Russia in a really bad spot mm. um, by economically. Uh, and uh, so God says, I'll put hooks in your jaw against Russia. I'll pull you down with Iran, with Turkey. You're going to come against my people Israel on the mountains of Israel uh, when they are gathered back into the land, which they are now. So you see these, these things. Uh, Isaiah chapter 17, the Bible talks there about the uh, Damascus being destroyed in a single night. Mm. Um, Isaiah chapter 19 uh, talks about the time when Egypt turns to the Lord because of their oppressors. Egypt and Assyria will turn to the Lord God of, of Israel. That is remarkable. And you look at the oppressors right now uh, that are in the area of Egypt and the Mideast, and then you hear of what's going on in Iran with mass awakening taking place. People are coming to faith in Christ in numbers in Iran uh, that per capita is greater than anywhere else in the entire world right now. So you look at just some of those Old Testament prophecies, mm. and man, you look, you go, wow, this, as Daniel said, the wise will understand. Look at these things, connect the dots, and go, aha, I can tell what this is about. So that's just a few of them. Yeah, and I, I, I find it uh, interesting that Turkey is just becoming less secular and more radical uh, uh, Islam or Muslim. Um, I, I heard recently that the old Hagia Sophia, which was a museum, um, and they uh, President Erdogan turned it into a mosque now. And for some people that uh, that don't know, it was built in uh, f- uh, 537, and it was a cathedral um, in the uh, imperial capital of Constantinople. But uh, and it was the largest Christian church of the Eastern Roman Empire, and you know the history. There was a lot of fighting back and forth. But just recently, per- President Erdogan just turned it into a mosque. And you were just talking about Ezekiel uh, uh, 30, or 37, 38, right? And um, I, I definitely see those players. And I find it interesting just seeing Russia just hanging out in, si- in Syria in the northern border um, of, of the Golan Heights, right? Yeah. That, that's no coincidence that, that uh, Russia is hanging out in Syria. I mean, you look, it's like all the players are in place. Mm. Um, uh, and let me say it's about Hagia Sophia. Also, when, when uh, Erdogan, the president of Turkey, did that, which was just a few weeks ago, mm. um, it inspired much of the radical arm of of Islam to say, um, no, we're never going to let the Jews have have uh, their temple in Jerusalem. So you, know, you have this contention. The Jews are, we know from the Bible, there is going to be a temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem. Mm. But Turkey is rising up and defending the Palestinians' right to the Temple Mount. So, what claimed, you know, fake right, but you know, yeah. claiming whatever they want. So, and that was inspired by the Hagia Sophia to 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 inspire the Palestinian cause, so to speak. Which Turkey hasn't really gotten involved in that much in the past. Every now and then they have. Um, so they've sent their flotillas before and things like that. But but it's given. Uh, some more strength to the Palestinians over there in Israel. Now back to the Russia being on the northern border of, of, uh, of just north of the northern border of Israel. It is absolutely fascinating to watch. They are they're there. They are not going to leave. There's no way 
uh, that Putin is going to pack up his bags and leave from Syria, especially now that Israel has all this mass energy that they've discovered, and they've 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 already started entering into contracts mm. to sell everything to uh, to uh, um, Europe. So there's no way Putin's going to leave right now. He can't afford to leave right now, and it's not a coincidence that they're stationed there just north of Israel, exactly as God says they're going to come from the north upon the mountains of Israel. And for any of your listeners who have ever been over to Israel and to the Golan Heights, you can, it's so easy to envision exactly how this whole uh, war is going, to, is going to go down. But the, the great news is that Ezekiel 39 goes on and tells us, hey, God wins this thing. God gives the victory when it looked like it was an impossible situation, and uh, that way God is the one who gets the glory. But it's just remarkable to be living and, and watching all these things develop. Now, Pastor Pastor Hughes, can you just kind of can we just define that a little bit more? Because a lot of people will read Ezekiel and think that that's the Battle of Armageddon. Um, and uh, I don't mean to throw you a curveball here, but I don't know if you can maybe just touch on that and uh, and explain why you don't think that that is the Battle of Armageddon. And I don't know if you've heard that before. Yeah, I, I have. I've 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 had some interesting conversations with some of my colleagues about it. Mm. Uh, so I, I I don't I don't see a connection there at all. You know, some people do. I have a friend, David Hawking. Mm. David Hawking's been teaching Bible prophecy a lot longer than me, but we definitely disagree on this. He sees uh, the Ezekiel thirty-eight war, Gog Magog war, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the tribulation period. There at the time of Armageddon. I do not. Ezekiel 39 tells us that the weapons are going to be burned for seven years. Well, seven years happens to be the length of the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel. And in my mind, I cannot imagine that um, the weapons are going to be burning for seven years into the millennial kingdom. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's just one of the key factors that I look at in the timing of it. I think what we would all agree on is it is a battle of the last days because the Bible says it's a battle of the last days. The other problem with it is this, is when the battle of Ezekiel 38 takes place, um, Israel is living in peace and safety. Mm. Um, Israel, that's what the Bible says, Israel is not living in peace and safety for the entire second half of the tribulation period. Mm. Uh, in fact, they're severely persecuted by the Antichrist. So. It makes no sense that it would be at the Battle of Armageddon at the end of Tribulation, because Israel, for the second three and a half years, it is like the Holocaust on steroids against the Jews and the people living in the land. So I can't place um, Ezekiel 38 and 39 in, the, in the, the, same as, the same place as the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah, no, and, and it, I do find it interesting, and, you know, uh, just watching you, and you have pointed out, and you, I, I know you and Bill Silas have talked about this as well, is that I've never even, um, until you guys were talking about it, and, and I've read Ezekiel, and in, in 39, 9, it says, and those who inhabit the, uh, uh, the city of Israel will go out and make fires 
with weapons and they'll burn them both the shield and the bucklers the bows and the arrows the war clubs and the spears for seven years they will make fire and then i found i found it interesting when you move to verse 15 and it says that those who will pass through the land uh pass uh those who will pass through the land and anyone sees a man's bone he will set up a marker until the burials uh, the barriers have buried it in the valley of uh, hamangog and I know that you guys have talked that this is possibly nuclear contamination. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and, there is there's something there, some kind mm. of contamination. So, you know, if we look back to just the recent explosion in uh, uh, Beirut, yeah. you know, just looking at that video, you know, oh. pretty much everybody in the world has seen it over and over again. And it's just horrific to look at it. And you look at, you know, apparently it's ammonium sulfate. Um, but you look, it looked like a nuclear thing. Yeah. And then we know, I mean, if you just look at all the Mideast, if you do much studying, Hezbollah and Iran have both made it very clear, Hezbollah being a proxy of Iran, have made it very clear that they want to wipe out Tel Aviv. And yeah. they have they've made mention they would use any kind of chemical weapon or nuke if they had it against the Jews. So... Um, something was stored in that facility in Beirut is really what I'm getting at. Uh, whatever it was, certainly ammonium sulfate, I have no doubt about that. But, but something else is there. Hezbollah has sto- been storing things to get rid of Israel. Iran supporting them, the whole bit. So when you look at whatever happens in that land of Israel during that war, I have no doubt, whether it be nuclear or some other type of devastating chemical disaster. Something is there that causes the, the people who set out the markers, they have to be dressed in, in a, uh, you know, they're not just wearing a mask. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're, they're actually really prepared for con- real contamination. So something happens there in, in that war. And, and we know that the, the president of Syria has used chemical weapons against his oh, own people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I find that really interesting. Um, uh, how else does Israel play a vital role in end times? I know that we just talked a lot about just Israel. Are there any other other ways that Israel plays a role uh, during the end times? Um, well, Israel is the key to figuring out all Bible prophecy. In fact, even Bible prophecy that's already been fulfilled. Mm. You know, you can go back to the first coming of uh, Christ, and you can go back to just development of prophecies regarding the nation of Israel, the Greek Empire. So Israel's at the center of all Bible prophecy. Mm. Um, so, first of all, uh, to for the fulfillment of the second coming of Christ, uh, the Jews have to be gathered back into the land again. Mm. Uh, by the way, this is really fascinating. Um, the Bible tells us that Jews are going to be coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west, mm-hmm. coming back to Israel. And I had uh, interviewed a friend of mine, his name's Frank Eichler. I think Frank is about, uh, in his mid-80s now. Several years ago, I asked him, what is it that is going to take the Jews to leave America and make their aliyah, re, re, uh, uh, do their citizenship in Israel? And he talked about it, and he said, you know, there's a lot of, they have a lot of money in Miami, they have, uh, in Los Angeles, in New York, and other areas where they have a very comfortable life. And he goes, that comfort is going to have to be eliminated in order for that prophecy to be fulfilled. And right now you look at America, and uh, we're hearing rabbis telling 
Jews, hey, you need to consider doing your aliyah. You need to consider making your citizenship in Israel and ASAP. I, I know, because I've given some inside information on this, over in Israel, uh, the, the, some of the leaders in the government in Israel are looking at the United States very concerned about the tide of things that are turning here, and they have been aggressively pursuing Jews in America to leave America to go home to the homeland of Israel. Uh, I also know that there's been 18 uh, 787s now that have been full of, uh, completely full of Jews to bring them from America to do their aliyah out of, yeah, out of America to do their aliyah in Israel. Uh, they're very concerned about it. So you see this happening, but God says, I'm going to bring them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. They've been coming from Europe. They've been coming from Russia. They've been coming from all over the world. Now they are leaving America. We're in the last days. Um, there's also going to be a temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem, I believe, on the Temple Mount. I believe most likely it's going to go where the, the uh, Gold Dome is. Um, uh, the uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the dome right now. <laughs> I've seen it like a thousand times in person. <laughs> but the but uh, the temple, I believe the temple's going to go right there. Uh, some people won't argue with me about the location of the temple. Yeah. That's fine. Either way, there's going to be a temple that's going to be there. We know that. Daniel talks about the covenant that's going to be broken. Animal sacrifice will stop. However, Second Thessalonians, Paul talks about the time when Antichrist will sit in the temple and demand to be worshipped as God. So we know there's a temple that's going to be built. We know there's going to be animal sacrifice. We know from the book of Revelation that, that when the Antichrist sits in the temple uh, to be worshipped as God, the Jews, their scales are going to fall off their eyes, the ones who haven't woken up to who the Messiah is yet. And the great persecution at the second half of the tribulation is going to, is going to come upon uh, all of those and that's why uh, living in the land, all Jews worldwide, and all anybody who comes to faith in Christ during the tribulation period, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you see the abomination of desolation, flee to the mountains. And um, I believe he's talking about the area of Petra, because it fits, it fits biblically and also geographically with what uh, was what told about them fleeing. So there's so many different things. It's at that point also where everybody must receive the mark of the beast on their right hand or forehead. And mm. so it's just fascinating to watch. But again, the prophecies, there's prophecies about Israel blooming again, the desert blooming, and, and uh, so many things, and the produce. And man, if, if for anybody who's ever been to Israel, you see vineyards everywhere, and you see all different types of fruit trees and mm. uh, vegetables, and they're, they're massive exporters from such a tiny country as everything everywhere you go over there except for the Negev is just it's just gorgeous with all these things that Israel is doing but again even that is prophesied in the Bible about what would happen in the last days uh, with his land yeah I heard that the culinary experience in Israel is phenomenal uh, just because of all the amazing vegetables, how they grow them, and and, and the technology behind oh. that in the desert, I, I also find it interesting yeah. is that I heard that um, that they have everything ready for the third temple. Um, have you heard that? I think there was a website called uh, Third Temple Institute that they have everything ready to go for the the temple, uh, the tribulation temple. Do you, have you? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. As far as I know, everything is ready, including the, the, even the showbread. Wow. Um, there, there's a 
rabbi that started making the show bread a few years ago, and it was just fascinating. I was watching uh, some uh, 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 footage regarding that, and it is just interesting. So, I mean, the instruments have been there. Um, I've been to the Temple Institute many times right there in the, mm. in the Jewish quarter in the old city, and uh, you can take a tour. They'll let you see the instruments. Really? They're ready to go. They've been training the priests. Uh, getting them ready. Anybody uh, that's a Cohen uh, or and of the tribe of Levi uh, or Levi, uh, anybody, they're raising up these priests that are already practicing the animal sacrifices. And you, you see these things. They have the gold instruments. Uh, I did get a question just the other day. Somebody asked me about the red heifer, mm. um, you know, because ashes of red heifer are needed to cleanse the instruments for, for the, the temple sacrifices. Um, and, uh, you know, red heifer uh, has to be pure without blemish. That hasn't been discovered yet, but uh, this person asked me because they heard that there's one that's going to be announced here in September, but I told them I hear that every year, and it hasn't happened yet. But it might. You know, who knows? I mean, we're so close. It, it could happen at any time. It is going to happen. Yeah. We know that. So, But nobody's it, talking it, it, about it, these things, though. Well, everybody's talking about COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and so everybody's distracted from the things that are going on over mm. in Israel. You know what else is, is really fascinating, A.W., is that it appears to me we are watching, we are living through the fulfillment of Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Mm, yes. Um, where uh, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles mm. has come. And then all Israel will be saved. It looks to me like the window of opportunity is closing for the Gentile world, and God is isolating his people Israel again, bringing them all over to the land. The temple's going to be built. All these prophecies are about ready to be fulfilled, because the 70th week of Daniel is about to begin. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. But I, I can look at events. I'm a watcher, because Jesus says, watch and be ready. And, and we're given signs to watch, and it certainly looks to me like God is about ready to start working with his people Israel again. And it's going to be remarkable. 144,000 Jewish men are going to be saved right in the beginning of that tribulation period. That's just These are men who already know the Torah, and they're going to be able to make the connection to Yeshua as Messiah after the rapture. It's wow. just incredible to think that. Yeah. 144,000 of them, like the Apostle Paul, immediately converted and now preaching Christ. Yeah. Wow. It's that, amazing. I, I just got, I got just chills right now. I mean, that's awesome. You know, uh, Pastor uh, Hughes, as we start landing this plane, can you just give us a, uh, a quick mini prophecy update right now to our worldwide audience in just what's going on in the world right now i believe that 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 the uh the covid19 is a distraction mm. i've looked at the numbers i've done comparisons with on cdc's website i've done comparisons with with pneumonia with h1n1 with covid19 i've done my own not listening to news sources on those things anybody can go do it and i believe covid19 is real but i personally don't believe it's any more real than pneumonia or H1N1 or tuberculosis or any of those. Mm. I think it's a tool, and I and I do know people that have been effect, affected by it, people I know extremely well. Mm. And um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, they've been affected by it, and it is devastating. It's, it's unpleasant. But I believe it's a tool that is being used to, to 
get the world to be able to conform. I want you to just wrap your minds around this. So in the in Revelation chapter 13, no one can uh, uh, buy or sell unless they worship the beast and receive the mark or the image of the beast. Right now, um, most people are already wearing a mask mm. wherever you go. You can't. There's a lot of things you can't even do if you don't wear a mask, yeah. right? So most people are wearing a mask, at least when they go to particular places. So there's already been a precedent that's been set to be marked with something. The mask is not the mark of the beast, by the way, but the precedent has been set. Now, check this out. The other precedent that has been set is for people to kneel and worship someone that is not the God of heaven, because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen. People are going to worship the image of the beast. Mm -hmm. They're going to receive his mark, or they can't buy or sell. Right now, people are kneeling. They're kneeling, and it has nothing to do with the worship of the Lord. And you look and you go, it is remarkable. People are already being conditioned to, to submit to what is coming. I believe that's where we are. It's conditioning process. I believe what we are watching is very nefarious, it's dark, it's spiritual, and uh, Satan has his minions, and we're watching the world all being shaped and prepared and conditioned for what is coming. And that's another reason, I believe, that we are very, very, very close to the rapture of the Church and the kickoff of the 70th week of Daniel. Wow. Well, thank you for that, Pastor Tom. Um before we end the show here, uh, Romans ten fourteen says, how would they call on him who they've not believed and how would they believe in whom they have not heard? And how would they hear without a preacher? Can you please share the gospel today to a worldwide audience, Pastor Hughes? You bet. Um, the Bible is very clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So here, here, here's the scoop. The, the, um, um, we, we need forgiveness. And that's why Jesus came the first time. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about Bible prophecy, but Bible prophecy is given. They are signs so we can know the Bible is true. And the signs actually point to the greater thing, that Jesus is coming again. Uh, and, and, and it's going to be fantastic when the Lord returns. He's going to right all of the wrongs. Uh, sin is going to be dealt with. But the signs point us to the hope. The signs or events themselves are not pleasant. Earthquakes aren't pleasant. Pandemics aren't pleasant. Wars and rumors of wars aren't, uh, aren't pleasant. But they all point to Jesus coming again. But they're also, all these prophecies point to the Bible being absolutely true. And Jesus came the first time as the one who would forgive anyone of their sins. And so uh, to sin is simply to miss the mark, miss the mark of perfection. So hence, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then the Bible teaches this, that there's no other name under heaven by which a person can be forgiven than that of Jesus. In fact, in John 14, Jesus himself said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And then he said this, and he's talking about heaven, he's talking about his Father's house, that's the place I'm preparing for you to bring you there. And then he said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me. Simply meaning, listen, I prepared this place called heaven, but the only way you can get there is if I forgive you. Listen, there's nobody else that paid for our sins. There's nobody else who died for our sins than Jesus. When a person trusts in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, they recognize when they repent of their sins, which is to make a U-turn, 
turn from your sins and surrender to Christ. When a person trusts in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, what they're recognizing is Jesus was judged for my sins, so when I die, I won't be judged for my sins. So if you're a liar, when you trust Christ, you recognize Jesus it was Jesus was judged as if he told your lies, although he never told a lie. He gets judged as if he told your lies, so when you die, you will not be judged for your sins. So you get eternity in heaven by trusting in Christ. But if you don't ask Christ to forgive you, if, you, if you're unwilling to repent, then you will be judged for your own sins because you didn't trust that Christ would be judged for your sins. And hence, when you're judged for your own sins, it's eternal separation from God in a place that the Bible describes as hell. But God doesn't want anybody to go there. God's desires that none should perish like that. And that Jesus came so we would be forgiven. I implore anybody listening, if you don't know Christ, ask Christ to forgive you, because all Bible prophecy is doing right now is proving that the Word is true and Jesus is coming again. Well, amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom Hughes, for coming on Bridge Radio today. Uh, uh, hopefully we can have you back and we can kind of talk about where Europe plays his, its role in, in prophecy. I know we didn't get to talk too much about that because we have so much time. But um, uh, if if our audience wants to find you, Pastor Tom, where can they find you? Where can they look for you if you want to be found, as I always say? Okay. Uh, a few different places. So my website is hopeforourtimes.com. And uh, contact us, that's email that comes to me and my staff, my staff and I, excuse me, hopeforourtimes.com. Also on YouTube, I have YouTube that plays probably five different ones a week that I, that I record. Uh, it's Hope For Our Times YouTube. Uh, if you can't, if you forget that, you remember my name, uh, do Google search on my name with prophecy and you'll find me. Mm. Uh, also, I do have Facebook, uh, Tom Hughes, Pastor Tom Hughes. I also am on Parlor. Uh, yes. Real Tom Hughes. Yes, so, I, I saw like that. that. You know, I'm starting to post my videos on Parlor. They don't. They they, they haven't. Um, Parlor hasn't censored me yet, so that's nice. Okay. I have been censored on on uh, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and and um, Instagram. Instagram seems to really have it out for me. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Christian ministries being definitely censored, and uh, I heard a lot of people are going to Parlor. So. So for our yeah. listening audience, please check out uh, Pastor Tom Hughes and Hope of Hope for Our Time. You will be thoroughly blessed uh, and definitely would find. I mean, I saw you guys last night with uh, Don Stewart, and I was just like, wow, like just amazing information, biblical information of just things that are just going on. Well, thank you again, oh, Pastor yeah. Tom Hughes, for joining us today. And uh, uh, you have a just a blessed, blessed day. Fantastic. Thank you, A.W. You too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week episode of Bridge Radio with Pastor Tom Hughes on End Times. You know, uh, that was a lot of just information there of uh, that. You know, we, we only have 45, 40 minutes. Uh, I hope that you guys uh, go out and and check out Pastor Tom Hughes and hope for a time. I also want to make sure that you guys read your Bible. Uh, there are different viewpoints in eschatology uh, here at the ministry. We have uh, several people that just have different viewpoints on the end times. But uh, one thing that we got to remember that Christ, that we all agree on, that Christ is coming back and that he will set up his kingdom. So, you know, uh, I, I believe that we are living in those times um, here 
and 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 if somebody disagrees with you with that that's okay uh you know us as christians we need to stand together on our core doctrines that's the primary reason the primary what we do here is that we stand on the essentials and not the secondary but we cannot forget about those uh those truth and prophecy well ladies and gentlemen don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and as we always end the show what is your only comfort in life and in death that i am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior jesus christ later Later.